Welcome to Cryptic Soup. Tonight's case we have discussed recently, and by recently, I mean in last week's episode. Seth Jackson was only a child when the unthinkable happened. At 15 years old, he was murdered. No one ever wants to bury their child, but for the Jacksons, that was only the beginning. They just needed the answers. I'm Kylie. And I'm Zena. And tonight, we have an overwhelming case to share with you. Welcome back. So we talked in the last episode about a case that was heavily like kind of broadcasted throughout social media. So I decided to just rearrange the schedule. 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 You were going to say schedule, I think. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think schedule was even the word that was going to be present in that sentence. But we decided to just put that episode here before Kylie forgot that that was the goal. But I haven't told Kylie that much about this episode. So I'm he, excited about it, honestly. I like this whole, like, he said, she said drama <laughs> going back and forth. And Kylie doesn't stupid. know. If you know this case, you might know exactly why I'm kind of like giggling under my breath. Like, it's not funny. This case is not funny. But there is something. There's like this thing. And Kylie is going to lose her shit the moment <laughs> it occurs. Because she's going to be like, are you fucking with me right now? And I'm going to be like, no, Kylie, this is real life. And you picked for this case. This is a request by Kylie. It's insane how much I learn about the world. And I'm like, I still don't want to be here. <laughs> so I, I, I I'm going to, I'm going to do my thing where I talk about this case, right? So this case is about Seth Jackson. He was brutally, and I'm emphasizing that very brutally murdered back in 2011 He's a 15 year old child. And I know some people are like, 15 is not a child. It's a child. It is. It is a child. No, really. We were we were shopping this weekend and I realized how young 15 is. Yeah, that's a child. Like, (laughs) Like, especially when you think of it in terms of a parent whose kid got murdered. That's their child. It's their child. Yeah, absolutely. And this whole thing happens over teens and a love triangle. Yep. Yep. So Seth is going to be lured to his death tragically. And this episode has some pretty graphic triggers. When we talk about the scene that unfold that like unfolds during the actual murder, it, it's pretty graphic. We haven't done a really, really graphic one in a while. And I do just want to like give that heads up. Just be in mind, you know, we are an adult themed podcast and that makes it sound sexual. It's not. I mean, it's like very graphic, violent. So if you're OK with listening to that. That's great because this is an episode that is worth listening to. But if you cannot handle it, that's fine. You always know. We'll catch you guys next time. And I think next time we have cryptid. So that's even better. Or maybe we don't. And I'm lying to you. I'm not sure. (laughs) Now you're all screwed up. (laughs) I don't know anymore. This really threw off my whole pattern. But and if you think you might know this case, but then you're like, maybe I don't. This case is also referred to as the Summerfield Six sometimes, which I have my own beef with. Do you want to know my personal beef with that name, Kylie? Sure. So like, can I know it without knowing? The- yeah. OK. You know what the West Memphis three is, right? No. Oh, my God. That's one of the most. OK. Dina. <laughs> it's so famous, though. No. Like, I was like, there's no way you couldn't not know that one. That's like. OK. All right. OK. It's called the Summerfield Six, but there's only five people in it. And then like the person, the victim is the sixth person. And I just don't like that because 
saying the Summerfield Six makes me feel like there's six people attacking like a fifth person or a seventh person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It makes it sound like there's six people living in Summerfield that are like hooligans being bad. Like yeah. the six yeah. that you're trying to avoid. <clears throat> and then there's a person or persons that are getting attacked by the Summerfield Six. Yeah. To me, if I heard the Summerfield Six, I would not think that's five people attacking like a one person or four attacking two. I would think that there are six people that are bad. So that's yes. the only reason why I hate calling it the Summerfield Six and why I instead called it Seth Jackson. But I wanted people to know it technically is the Summerfield Six case. So I kind of like slid it on the backside of the statement. So yeah. Hmm. I guess before we actually get into the real big thing, I wanted to give the disclaimer first. Do we have anything else to talk about, though? I don't know. I don't. This is a this is a long one. So I tried to make sure I didn't think of anything. I burnt my finger this morning. I burnt my tongue. Is that weird for you because you have tongue rings? Like, does it get what? Well, okay, there's <laughs> there's a lot of situations in this in this question. <laughs> Dina can't feel their face, um, so <laughs> I feel like for a normal person that would be kind of really shitty because of the heat and the metal mm-hmm. on top of you know just burning the fuck out mm-hmm. of your face. But I feel like it's extra spicy for you okay so here's what happens when i burn my tongue i can't feel it but i can see it i can see like the little like discoloration and the spots on my tongue and stuff Uh uh-huh however there is one spot i can feel my burnt tongue the middle of my tongue ring bars so as my tongue is burning the tongue ring will heat up and i can feel it shooting pain through the center of my tongue and it shoots throughout like my back my throat and it hurts but the top and bottom of my tongue have no feeling, so I can't feel anything. So like when things touch my tongue, I can't feel it. So I don't know my tongue's burnt until it touches my tongue rings. Until too late. Mm-hmm. Way too late. That's why usually I swallow things really fast. <laughs> Which is probably not a good idea either. But then I burn my throat. I right. can feel my throat being on fire. <laughs> that fucking hurts. And I do it like, oh, that far too was, that, was, that was a little hot. Love eating things straight from the oven. It's my best party trick I got. <laughs> Pizza rolls, pop them in. It's oh, great. God, no. Yeah, it stresses people out. It's oh, yeah. awesome. But yeah, other than that, I don't really have much. Sorry about your finger, bro. Yeah. Um. I got nothing. Yep, I got nothing. So let's get really started on Seth Jackson and the Summerfield Six. Seth Tyler Jackson was born on February 3rd, 1996. That's weird. It's like this Saturday. <laughs> yes, that that is, in fact, this Saturday. That's pretty close. Um, I want to say what? That's an Aquarius, right? Because I forgot to do my thing. Oh, yeah, I think so. Um. It yeah, it is. It's definitely an Aquarius. I know that for a fact. Um, for birthdays, oh, I don't have a single person. I don't know a single person what? whose birthday that is. Hold on. Mm, I had to look it up. Okay, the closest famous person that I know on this list is Isla Fisher. Yep, Nathan Lane. The guy from Mouse Hunt. I don't know that. He's is. in a lot of other things. He's um Timon from Timon and Pumbaa. Well, from Simba. From Lion King. <laughs> from Simba. <laughs> so Marty had never seen Mouse Hunt and we had a mouse in our house and I made her watch Mouse Hunt last night, actually. And we were talking about Nathan Lane. 
I have a whole Nathan Lane story. Not today. We're not doing this. This is not a Nathan Lane podcast, <laughs> but I have so many Nathan Lane stories for you guys. So many Nathan Lane stories. Sean Kingston was born on that day. Hmm. Just a little. Uh, and that is National National Golden Retriever Day. That's a great Best day. day. <laughs> it's also National Carrot Cake Day. That means that's also a really great day because <laughs> I know those two correlate. Yes. Um, OK, so. He is born February 3rd, 1996, which also is so weird because he was born like after us. So that sounds really weird that we're covering that. Yeah. Hate that sounding. Yep. He has two older brothers. They are named Scott Jr. and Stephen. It could be pronounced Stefan, I guess. Here's the thing. In every single thing I watched and heard, they never once said the brothers names. Either of them. Not a single one. So I'm going based off strictly what I'm reading. And to me, I read that as Stephen. Mm -hmm. But I know that in some parts of the U.S. that's pronounced Stefan. Or like Stefan. Or Stefan. True. So I don't know. I guess interpret that how you will. He grew up in Summerfield, Florida. Seth's family described him as a kind hearted person, saying he loved to make people laugh. Seth was an animal lover who also loved four-wheeling with family and friends. He was a hard worker. And as a teen, he had a ton of friends. He was generally always just, like, well-liked by everyone. I don't remember if you said his parents' names, but they're Scott and Sonia. Oh, well, Scott and Sonia. Maybe not. <laughs> I don't I was th- born to. I think we might have derailed a little. I think you <laughs> did say them, and then we derailed, and I don't remember. So That sounds about right. Yep. He had dreams of becoming an ultimate fighting champion, which props to you. Like every kid dreams of that. But if your parents actually support it, that's a big deal. And his parents did. So he was still too young to do MMA because you have to be 18. So his family knew that was his ultimate goal. And his parents decided, you know what, if that's what you really want, when you turn 18, we're going to support you. We'll sign you up. We'll help you out and stuff. So he was like pretty adamant on it, like about the whole thing. In the time period in which this case takes place, it's 2011. So at that time, Seth is about 15 years old and he's a sophomore at Bellevue High School. His best friend is a guy named William Samalot. Such a good name. It's a great name. (laughs) Like that sounds so fucking cool. (laughs) Um, I just love William Samalot is a true the best of the best also. So William described Seth as a great wingman. He said he was the best in the world. He said they would always like ride their BMX bikes together and they were just always together. They basically did everything together. William and Seth were known to be inseparable when they were growing up and both their sets of parents knew this and they were totally fine with that. So most times if William's not home, he's at Seth's and if Seth's not home, he's at William's. It's just one of those things. It's like, one of those friendships where like you're practically brothers or like you're practically sisters because you're yeah. so close and your parents are just like, oh, my God, just let them let them do their thing. Like if they're with each other, at least like they're keeping each other out of trouble, you know, or if they're in trouble, at least they're doing it together. And we they're know not alone. We, we, we know where we're going to find them, you know, right. at each other's house. <laughs> Did you have one of those friends? Yep. I, I feel like you just everyone has to have. One yeah. Of those. <laughs> On Monday, April 18th is when this case starts pretty heavily to like take form. It was Monday, April 18th, 2011. William was attempting to get in touch with his best friend because he and Seth were supposed to hang out. So he was trying to text Seth and him and Seth had plans to hang out after school that day. 
He was getting no response all day long. And actually, Seth wasn't in school that day, but he William hadn't noticed that. But it was pretty out of like the normal for Seth not to be replying. At this point, William contacts Sonia, which is his mom. And Sonia gets really worried by the phone call that William gives her because the night before her and Seth had a really weird text message exchange where he said he was going to be staying at a friend's house, right? And she assumed that to be William's house. But then he said something like really like rude to her. And she was just like, all right, you know what? If you're going to be rude, just, you know, go off, stay at a friend's house. I'm not going to deal with this, whatever. And she just kind of blew it off because she's like, he's been going through a lot, which we'll get to. We'll get to what he's going through. But Sonia was like, wait, he's staying at your house. Why are you calling me? Asking me why you can't find him. Because if William's calling, that means William's obviously not with him. So Sonia realizes this is a pretty big deal. She starts to panic. She calls into the police and starts to instantly file a missing persons for Seth at this point. And again, Seth is 15 years old. Deputies responded to this and they instantly head to Seth's family home to meet and speak with Sonia, his mom. She tells them about the weird text message she received last night. And she said that it was about 9 p.m. the night before. And she says, do you want to ride home? Because he was hanging out with his friends. And he replied to her saying, never mind, bitch, exclamation point. Which, again, he's 15 and he lives at home. You don't just text your mom that out of the blue. No, you're going to get grounded. Unless you're being funny. (laughs) Yeah, unless there's like some inside joke there. Right. But there clearly wasn't. And she even said that. She's like, this is super out of character for him. He would have never spoken to her before like that. So he told her he was originally going to be staying the night with a friend and she thought maybe he's in a bad mood or something like that. And so she's like, I guess I'll just let him stay at his friend's house. I'm not going to let the situation get the best of me because maybe he really is having a bad day. Maybe something went wrong. I'm going to let him have some space to blow off steam. Which super cool for a mom to do being like, Mm -hmm. like this. Clearly, we don't have anything nice to say to each other. Let's not say anything at all. Yeah. So she knew that Seth was going through a lot, like I keep saying. Now let's break that down. Seth had more recently just gotten broken up with. And that's what I mean when I say he was dealing with it, because he's been trying really hard to be cool about the situation, but he's not doing the best about it. So she starts to think about, like, what's the worst could have happened about this situation? High school breakups sucked. You just like had to see them all the time. Like you had to see them in school or you had to like, like you weren't normally friends with their friends or like would talk to their friends. But then you talk to them when you were dating. And now it's just weird because you're like, oh, that's so-and-so's ex. Weird. I never dated. Okay. So never had that problem. I didn't read. I did. I did date, but it wasn't like. I mean, I had a crush though. So I guess that same thing when like you have a crush and then you find out they suck or they're a bad person or something. So I guess that's kind of the same. High school sucks all around. Guys, it gets better, I promise. And then it gets worse because then you get old and you yawn and your back hurts. Yep. At (laughs) at 6 p.m. Yes. Corey texted me at 5 a.m. and said, I stood too long in the same spot, not moving, and now I'm sore. I hate my life. He's like, it was only 10 minutes, by the way. Like, wasn't even a really long time. I'm just too old. Well, it's worse for him because he's tall. Poor guy. (laughs) So at this point, authorities ask Sonia for permission to obtain a warrant for Seth's phone records, because also if they get the permission and everything, it'll start to go a little bit faster. 
because it's still going to take a few days to get all this together, right? And she grants access to it. They mostly just want to try and see who has Seth been contacting? Who does he have text text thread messages? Goodness. (laughs) With who are some of his phone logs going back and forth with lately? Or just what are people talking about? Because that can easily open up some like traction for them to know where to start this investigation. Because at this point, where they would have started with would have been William and William's asking them. Right. They're kind of at a loss. Like, you have other friends? <laughs> Who are these other friends? Where did you find friends, dude? <laughs> you, have, you have friends? You, you, no, you have William. <laughs> you have William Samalot. Who needs other friends? Genuinely. With that name, you don't. You don't. Around the same time, though, they do actually contact Sonia again, and they're like, hey, can you give us a list of anyone else we could question that maybe hangs out with Seth? Or just where we could start to find out about Seth's whereabouts and his life recently? And she says, yes, Amber Wright. So Amber Wright is a name that immediately gets brought up because Sonia knew that Seth and Amber had only recently broken up. And that's that girl that I was just talking about. So that's his breakup that he was dealing with. And it seemed like something that police might want to just at least slightly look into for questioning because, you know, it's like his breakup. Amber and Seth had only broken up a few weeks ago in early March. And currently, remember, it's early April 2011. They had been dating since December of 2010. So, you know, a few months. In teen world, that's like 36 years. Ages. (laughs) Literally. Right. (laughs) They probably have each other's names tattooed on their foreheads at this point. Right. (laughs) Amber and Seth had dated about three months and Seth seemed really torn up about their relationship ending. He was so upset. William knew that Seth was in love with his ex-girlfriend. He would always tell his friend how much he was in love with her. He would say she's the one. He would say they were going to be together forever. But like William was like, no, dude, they were like so off and on. They were the worst. But, you know, William wouldn't say that to his friend because he loved his friend. But William knew and he, he knows. Seth had apparently liked Amber for a while before they actually dated because Seth thought she was like a really pretty girl and he started noticing her and she... I hate complimenting her. She is kind of pretty. Uh, It depends on what pictures you look at. But she had this like strawberry blonde hair. She had freckles. She was petite. She was popular. A lot of people knew of her. And Seth was drawn to her and he was around her quite a bit because he was really close friends with Kyle, which is Amber's brother. Their relationship was super off and on again, and Seth claimed that he was so in love with her, he had to be with her and be with her forever, but then Amber went and ended their relationship. Amber later claimed their relationship was actually super tumultuous, which is true, but she claims it for different reasons. She said, and again, we're taking this for Amber's like worth, so note that. She said their relationship was filled with them smoking weed, fighting, and they even tried cocaine together. Hmm. Amber claims that they spent a lot of time and energy always trying to make each other jealous. And they had a super toxic relationship. That's true. They're. Oh, God. Just you wait for the yikes. Okay. (laughs) Their relationship supposedly ended because Seth found out that Amber had cheated on him. By sleeping with another guy named Mike. It's always a Mike. Always a Mike. (laughs) While she and Seth were together. And 
he found out because like she like uploaded a picture online of her and like him like hugging or something. So yeah, there's that. This is all on Facebook, this whole everything. But Amber later claimed, and part of these claims came after, and part of them came before Seth is, part of them came while Seth is live and part of them came after his demise. So like, this isn't all like her trying to be like, oh, well, he's dead. I can slander his name. She slandered his name while he was alive. Don't think that. Like, she does it always. It almost sounds like the, you knew who your best friend was by your MySpace. Yes. Like your best friend And we're going to read their social medias. Just you guys wait. So Amber claims their relationship actually ended because Seth had physically hurt her, like throwing her against a wall at one point and potentially raping her at one point. And it's a bunch of he said, she said claims. And like I said, it'll all be broadcast on social media. And we'll just, oh, we'll go over it later. Kylie's going to love it. <laughs> Do you want to know what I'm alluding to? No, I don't. Okay. I want to know in the moment. <laughs> William and some of the other people say that Seth would have not done those things, though. He would have never raped her. He would have never thrown her around and stuff that that's all made up. And the theory behind this is... They think that it's a manipulation tactic because Amber is like the queen of manipulation. If she is not Amber Heard's biological daughter, I don't know what other reasoning this girl has to be this good. Yikes. Because her, Casey Anthony, Diane Downs, Jody Ariat, they could all form a group. Gross. Mm -hmm. That's the level this girl's at at 15 years old right now. Okay. Well, she's not 15 now, but then. Right. They think that Amber may have said all these things to get Michael or Mike to hate Seth so that she so that Mike would have thought that Seth did these things, did these things to her so that Mike hated Seth to give a reason for Mike to want to beat Seth's ass. Gotcha. I'm going to get real fun with my my word choices tonight. Don't you guys (laughs) worry. Beat his ass. (laughs) I can't wait to say shit like that all night. (laughs) Because we're talking about like teenagers. I can talk about that. Now, remember, Amber's 15. Seth is also 15. But we know that whole thing. Girls mature faster than boys. So Amber says she lost interest in Seth because he seemed too immature. And that was a big problem for her in their relationship. So she also says that's the reason her and Seth didn't work out. And Mike is 18. So obviously he's super mature. So mature. So mature. So mature. (laughs) He's like an adult. man. So. After hearing all these things, the authorities are like, "Okay, yeah, we'll 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 just go pay a stop to Amber. Yeah, we're going to go there when authorities arrive at her house. And at this point, if you haven't noticed, we have not heard about like any of the parents. Hardly. You'll find that's a reoccurring theme. Parents other than Sonia do not exist in this story. And I'll explain that later. When authorities arrive at Amber's house, she and her friend Charlie Ely, who's 18, are hanging out there. Charlie and Amber both tell the police, yeah, they recently saw Seth in their neighborhood, actually in Charlie's neighborhood. It was the night before, but he got into an argument via text messages or maybe with his mom on the phone. And then he was going to go home between 9 or 10 p.m. and he left. So they saw him leave and they assumed he went home. Super common, right? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Those fights with your parents, though. (laughs) But that actually did line up because remember the text message with his mom being kind of weird. So the police are like, oh, shit. Well, wait, this kind of lines up. Mm -hmm. But then they're like, well, wait, we have an idea. Things get really interesting. 
There were two authorities that went to Amber's house that day. So instead of talking to the girls together, they talked to the girls separately. And the two authorities get two different stories. Of course. Lieutenant Todd Spicker or Spiker, sorry, Spicher. He walks outside with Charlie and questions her and asks her to tell him where she saw Seth in the street. Oh, my God, this story. All right. The ever evolving Charlie story. You ready? I'm ready. So first, you know, she says, oh, we saw Seth, you know, and he got in a fight with his mom and he left. And the lieutenant's like, yeah, cool, cool. And then Charlie's like, yeah, so we saw Seth. He was fighting with his mom and then he decided to leave. And we were at Amber's house and then we heard that loud noise, you know, the loud bang. And the officer's like, wait, what? (laughs) And he repeats her. He goes, you heard a loud bang. And she's like, yeah, like the gunshot. And he's like, you heard a gunshot. And she's like, confused why he's confused at this point. (laughs) (laughs) As if this isn't like a new and this is an obvious thing dude yeah so then charlie realizes maybe that was a mistake and she shouldn't have said that right clearly so she says i think i heard a firecracker or a gunshot (laughs) and he's like okay yeah yeah because that makes sense those are very similar things he's like so then what happened after the gunshot and she's like well you know that made seth start running down the road because i don't know if he was shot or if he just started running because he was scared from a firecracker. And the cop's like, so you think he got shot? And that's why he started running. So someone was shooting at him. Like, and this isn't funny because of that, but it's funny because Charlie's like so stupid. Right. And the officer's just like, cool. Yeah. Why don't you keep talking, Charlie? Tell me more. And then Charlie's like, well, you know, he was running. And then she points, which is like, you know, yay away. And the officer says, so like 35 feet away. And she's like, yeah. And she's like, well, when he was running and he was about over there, you know, 35 feet away. That figure of that person that was in the shadow, that's the person that made the bang, you know. So that guy comes out and Lieutenant's like, uh-huh. Tell me more, girl. He's like, he's like right now sitting on his bed with his hands right. under his chin and he's kicking his little feet in the air. Gossip. He's like, really, tell me more. Ooh, he's like twirling his hair around his finger. He's like, what else, Charlie? Because he's like in his head thinking this bitch is straight up framing herself. <laughs> literally (laughs) this story has changed so much in a matter of like five minutes (laughs) yes and then she's like he's like so did you know who the figure is and she's like well yeah i mean well maybe not but it kind of looks like someone i know and he's like oh yeah yeah might have who do you just like think it looked like like uh, you know like ballpark it she's like well i mean it looks like this guy mike bargo and he's like oh mike mike yeah obviously a cool Remind me, does Mike know Seth? And she's like, well, yeah, because Mike is Amber's boyfriend and Mike and Seth hate each other and like they want each other dead. So, you know, they like try to fight all the time. And Luton's like, obviously. Yeah, he's like, uh huh. Uh huh. Anything else? And she's like, actually, I don't know what I saw that night. I don't know if that's true. And she starts to change. She's like, I don't think any of that's true. I think actually he just fought with his mom and left. And she starts backtracking everything she just said. She's like, I don't think that happened. I don't think Mike was here that night. Because she realizes she, she, Charlie fucked up. Right. Charlie fucked up. Just turn herself over. Oh my goodness. So Lieutenant's like, okay, yep, cool. Uh, Let's go back in the house. Let's see what Amber said. Because remember, Amber and Charlie were together. So their stories should be similar, right? Right. Right. 
Right. Right. Right. They were together. Right. Right. <laughs> so Deputy Grantham's in the house talking to Amber because Lieutenant and Charlie were outside. So D- Deputy Grantham asks Amber, what did you see that night? And she says, well, her and Charlie saw Seth walking in the neighborhood. He was alone. They were alone. Everyone was outside. He texted his mom. They fought. And then he went back home and they were like, oh, did you hear anything? And she's like, no. He's like, did you see anyone? No. Why did Seth leave the fight? Was there anyone else? No. Did he leave for any reason? No. Just the fight. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yep. I saw what Charlie said, though. I feel like these stories don't totally line up. (laughs) There's just a few details missing. Just a few. Just some. But like. You know, maybe I'm wrong. So the authorities then are kind of like probing her for information. And they're like, you know, it's kind of weird that Seth is missing. And Seth is your ex. And you have a new boyfriend. And people (laughs) saw your new boyfriend. These seem like really important factors to this situation. Just slightly. Just maybe. And Amber's just sitting there super calm, cool, and collected. And she's just like nodding. And she's like, "Mm -hmm, you're right. Mm -hmm, Yeah, those are important things. Mm -hmm." (laughs) And the deputy and the lieutenant are like, dude, this is so suspicious. Why is she so calm? Like, if you thought that that was true, wouldn't you be worried being like, oh, my God, do you think something happened? No, they didn't say anything. Do you think something was wrong? Unless you're in on it, right? And that's what they're like, is Mm -hmm. she in on this? So they start questioning her about her and Seth's relationship. Like, why did you guys break up? Because remember, they heard from William Samalot a little bit about this. Amber says... She and Seth ended their relationship really mutually on good terms. There's no hard feelings. None. None. No. And, you know, we just heard from William. That's obviously true. Right. (laughs) So the authorities ask Amber and Charlie together, hey, why are your guys' stories different? (laughs) And Charlie's like, I just remembered things incorrectly and I didn't mean to say that. (laughs) That's why. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Sounds about right. That sounds obvious. So they're like, by the way, like, who's Mike Bargo? Just like wondering. So Mike Bargo is 18 years old. And he's the person who's now dating Amber Wright. He and Amber had met at a party while partying at Charlie's trailer. Oh, that that checks out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) And Mike actually lives with Charlie in her trailer, along with Justin Soto and Kyle Hooper. And those names will start to, like, come up a little bit more. Like, you'll hear about these people. I'm not just, like, bringing them up one and done. You know what they sound like? Who? They sound like Riverdale people. They fucking do. <laughs> Literally. All of them do. All of them do. Um. Well, Kyle Hooper is Amber Wright's brother. They're, like, uh, same mom, different dad type situations, I think it was. Okay. So that's why they have the different last name. They, uh, yeah, I think that's what it is. Cause they also have like a stepfather. So I think there's a now third guy in the mix or something because they have a stepdad who is, I think his last name, I think his name's James Haven. He'll come up also. There's a lot of people. In also this. sounds like Riverdale. There's so many characters in the story. This one is <laughs> wild. There's, I'm also going to mention like five other names. So just try to keep this straight guys. And I'll try to kind of remind you of ages and names. Cause this is one of those where like, you're going to get confused a little bit. So they ask Amber, they're like, hey, why didn't you mention you had that new boyfriend? Because like, again, that might be vital. Possibly. And she's like, I don't know. I just didn't think you guys would care to hear about my love life. (laughs) We care if he shot him. (laughs) And they're like, 
we asked, oh my God, girl. (laughs) And she's like, you specifically asked me, did I see Seth the night before? And I said, yes. And I told you I did. I told you where I saw him and I have nothing else to say. You did not ask me, (laughs) am I dating my Pargo? Put that in your pocket, Lieutenant. So since that, Amber and Charlie are now having these two different stories and they're like, oh my God, we don't have anything we can put in the record for like a straight fact, except for both girls say for a fact, they agree they saw Seth the night before on the corner of 140th Street and 58th Court and police can start there. So that's where we're going, right? Right. So they go to start leaving Amber's house. And as the authorities are walking out of the house, they see someone else driving up to the house. Who else other than William Samalot? And William's like, hey, authorities, what's up? <laughs> and they're like, uh, what are you doing here? <laughs> Hi, William. And he's like, I'm just doing an investigation. I'm going to find my friend. <laughs> he's like, I am just going to find him. It's fine. I got this. And they're like, William, we got this. He's like, yeah, no, I don't trust you. I, I got this myself. <laughs> like, I got this. I have watched three episodes of CSI. No. Well, I mean, like. But no, Sometimes. genuinely, William's great. He he yeah. genuinely just really did like want to double check everything. And he was afraid that things would get overlooked. So William was doing great. He was double checking everything. And he's the best of the best. I love him. So William was the last person we thought that had seen Seth alive. And here's why. Because William didn't know that Amber and Charlie had seen him. Because... Seth told William that he was going home that night. So William had talked to Seth the night before. And Seth was going to head to Amber's. But Seth told William he was going home. The William and his friends were all hanging out playing video games. And Seth was there. Then Seth receives a phone call. Seth saw that Amber was calling him and he got all giddy because they had already broken up. But William saw Amber's name on the phone and he warned Seth like, hey, don't answer it. Just leave it alone. You know, she's bad news. Like, don't do that. Don't go back to her. Like, this is the same girl that's broken your heart numerous times. Like, dude, just don't do it. You know, he's like giving that like best friend speech. Right. So Seth answers the call. Right. (laughs) Of course. Yep. And then William hears like bits and pieces of the phone call saying that Pretty much Amber's just like, Seth, I'm still in love with you. I want to get back together. I want to make things right. I still miss you. I want to be with you. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. I miss you. I love you. That kind of stuff, right? Usual. Where was this phone call in the story? To the lieutenant and the deputy, right? Mm. Yeah, that's crazy, right? When Charlie and Amber were like, yeah, we saw him, but we don't know why he was like walking around our neighborhood. Mm, I don't know. Maybe because you were talking to him on the phone that night. Maybe because you called him. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when Seth gets off the phone with Amber, William's like, hey, buddy, I know that was super tempting. However, go home, sleep on it. Don't go to her. Don't try to reconcile things like literally, please just go home. Just go sleep on it. Don't do anything rash. Like, don't go to her because like it's your guy. You guys are going to fight tonight. It's like it's not a good. I have a bad feeling. Don't do it. And Seth's like, honestly, you're right. It's the middle of the night. It's not a good idea. I'm just going to go home and go to bed and then I'll talk to her tomorrow. Like, you are right. I'm going to go home. So William thought Seth was on the way home. Meanwhile, Seth was on the way to the girls. And so William didn't know that he wasn't the last one to see Seth. Authorities find this out and now they're wanting even more to start putting these puzzle pieces together because they're like, okay, 
All these people are clearly intertwined. So they're like, William, tell us more about the Amber, Charlie, Mike situation, because we've learned a little bit, but we want to know more. So William tells them what he knows about Mike Vargo. And he said that Mike calls himself a self-proclaimed thug. Cute. And he has like shitty tattoos. He looks like a douchebag. I fucking hate the guy. This is my personal opinion, not Williams now. But William says he's essentially just a bad kid. He's that skater punk type party guy and not someone you would like to associate with. He said he's really disruptive in class. He likes to be angsty. He's a dumb teenager. Like he just like parties, like things like that. And that's what they say about Charlie's house is like Charlie's house, like hosted parties. And like, that's why also Seth and um, William stopped hanging around there was because Charlie and Mike just wanted to party all the time. And so then Amber was going there to party with Kyle, her brother. And that's why Amber thought Seth was boring was because Seth wouldn't come out to the parties. So then Amber starts hooking up with Mike. And then she's like, oh, look, yeah, my boyfriend's immature because he won't come out and party with us. But look, this 18 year old guy parties with us. He's obviously cool. I'm going to cheat on my boyfriend and fuck him. Cool. Now I'm going to post it on Facebook and now we're dating. And now Seth's like, oh my God, just because I don't want to go and fucking party every weekend at Charlie Ely's house, I'm fucking boring. Trailer. Trailer. Yeah, at her trailer. Right. So, yeah. Okay. You guys, you guys see where this is all going. William's super upset because at this point he feels like no one's helping him find his best friend because he's like, honestly, you guys should have solved this by now. Which he doesn't realize, actually, these cops are doing a lot of work at this point compared to some cases we've heard. Yeah. But go William. William himself is like, no. So he goes up to Amber's house and he's like, I'm going to question her myself. He gets up to the door and he like knocks on the door and he's like, Amber, tell me more. And she tells him, she goes, William, there are some things you don't need to know. And he's like, the fuck does that mean? What do you mean? So he goes to leave the house And he posts on Seth's Facebook page, two posts. The first one says, Seth, this is starting to freak me out. Where are you? And then the second post, a little bit later in the day, he says, yo, text me when you can. Because again, he's still trying to reach Seth all fucking day long and he's not getting a hold of him. Do you remember those days before Messenger where you just like posted on people's pages? You had to post everything on their walls? Yes. Oh my God, it was so annoying. (laughs) Oh my God. Now, this is the case that we discussed in the Pam and Greg smart case. And that's what we talked about earlier, because it's a lot on social media, specifically Facebook. Okay, so this is where we're going to start getting into it. There are so many posts, so many comments, so many tags, so many everything. And this shit turns into a fucking WWE brawl. Okay, (laughs) These post comments, tags and stuff are fucking full force fightings that are public, messy, dramatic. Like y'all be ready for Jerry Springer because Kylie and I are going to start reading these. And Kylie's not ready. Now, here's what I haven't told Kylie. These posts are the most insane typos, errors and just like the worst things I've ever read in my whole life life love ever that. love it amber has never once spelled the word you correctly in her life she spells it y-u-u that's not a thing but she spells fucking right <laughs> she spells condolences right can't spell you it's crazy okay <laughs> i'm gonna try to read them sometimes i will maybe mess up because i just can't figure out what they're saying also i'll try to figure out as many of the curse words as i can 
But most of the things, they actually start out the curse words nowadays because the court transcripts didn't have them in them. So it just says like ex- expletive word here and stuff. So I'm going to try and figure out what it is if I can remember it from hearing it read aloud. But if not, I'll just have to be like curse word. So beep. Okay. It mostly gets like the big posts start around March when Amber and Seth were getting really heated on Facebook. But there are posts before that. But I'm going to skip to the March ones. So remember, they started dating in December. Around March, they start posting back and forth about one another all the time. And this is around the time Amber potentially might have started cheating on him. And maybe that's why they started posting more heavily. People are unsure. But not long after that is when Seth finds out that Amber is dating Mike and it gets much worse and you will instantly see the change in like the shift of how they talk to each other very publicly. Mm. These are available to literally Google and read. It's insane what's free on the Internet. (laughs) Okay, you ready, guys? Yep, ready. I'm like sweating bullets. I read these at dinner with uh Corey and margie this weekend you guys and they were like jesus christ please stop reading <laughs> okay march 14th seth writes a status chilling at the house with amber and kyle bored as fuck the tone of this post on both amber and seth's facebook then changes late in march because around the that time is when amber and seth break up so like they're happy in that post right that's like a normal post on march 23rd amber writes fuck this I spoke up. We done, bro. Hit me up in another lifetime. March 28th, Seth writes, single now, hit me up. I don't have that trick girlfriend now, dot, dot, dot. March 30th, Seth Seth writes, apparently about Amber. Fuck Amber, you wanted it. So like I said, my song to you is, eh, eh. ha, you did this to yourself the fuck okay in late like these sound terrible right now just wait just wait just wait you guys they look terrible these are so tame right now it's gonna get wild okay in late march seth once went to a party and he decided to confront mike bargo about how he was dating amber because he saw the picture now according to william samalot seth essentially laid mike bargo out good phrase And Mike Bargo's ego was crushed. (laughs) So Mike apparently did try to confront Seth at this party. And that's what led to Seth doing this, like fighting him. But Mike was so pissed about Seth beating the shit out of him because Mike's 18 and Seth is 15. Mm. That then Mike had this vendetta and wanted revenge on Seth. And that's going to obviously be what, you know, ultimately happens here. But sometime between the party and in the retrospect of this entire case, everyone overhears it might have been at the party. Mike tells Seth to his face, I got a bullet with your name on it. Oh, OK. So it goes zero to 100 right now already. Now. <sighs> April 4th, the post Amber posted lots to think about. Good night. OK, Mike said, I hope you aren't sad over me. Some guy named Dalton fucking appears. (laughs) Fucking Dalton. (laughs) He's friends with Seth. And he says, LOL, Seth was going to beat your ass. (laughs) And then Seth says, that's my little beep. Dalton says, yo, you ain't going to badmouth my dog and I'll kill yo. 
beep, you beep with the wrong boys and I'll put that lead in your body. Oh, God. Dalton then says, Seth, can you believe this beep? Seth says, yeah, beep. He ain't beep. He... <laughs> Uh, you, you you have to do it at the same frequency. <laughs> um, he bitch out two times when I try to fight him, but when I see him, he when he ain't got nobody. You feel me, little beep. He going to get that hurt. Dalton says, "You know it." Seth says, "You got that heat, right?" Beep. Now, I got the heat. I got that heat, right? Beep. Now, if you want, 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 W-U-N-T, want, <laughs> there's been so many other typos, guys, but that one just really got me, want some real beeps at your house with what axe, I'll make it happen, little girl, you ain't nothing but a damn fucking trick, and I tried to bring it home to, to home, but your boy wouldn't come out of his home because he a little bitch. They're 15. Oh, my God. Clearly, English wasn't. Jesus Christ. It wasn't. That's just, it wasn't. I told you this, Casey. It's okay. (laughs) We have a lot more. We're only like half done with those. That's fine. In a, (laughs) fuck you. (laughs) In a separate conversation that was started on April 7th, Seth starts mocking Amber and accuses her of using drugs and cheating on him with Mike Bargo. He posts a Facebook status that said, Hello, everybody. My name is Amber Wright, and I smoke meth every day. I love this stuff. It makes me jizz every day in my pants, a.k.a. I'm a slut. Okay, that pisses off like everyone. So then Amber goes back to the post that said lots to think about. Good night. On April 8th, she writes this, even though that post is from the 4th. And this is after she sees the jizz post that I just read. And she replies in a comment to Seth that says, You're nothing but a huge fucking joke. All you know how to do is bitch talk, beep, and whine when you don't get what you want. Get over the fact that I left you. Get the fuck over yourself, bro. I spit on myself. (laughs) (laughs) Yourself. She wrote in all caps, but then I spit on myself. (laughs) You're not needed here any fucking more. So catch the dot 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 hint and dip out. I don't need you for shit anymore. So pack up and leave me be. Trust me, I'm sure you can do it. It's really not hard. But then again, it might be hard for you. You know, seeings how you're not so bright anyways. Just saying. Just saying. (laughs) But I think I've said enough here. Bye-bye. And then Seth says, okay, slut. Derogatory name. (laughs) Your house is getting burned the fuck down with your beep in it and your mama, Kyle, your beep, daddy, and your beep, boyfriend. And I will dip out. But um, just for the record, how does it feel to be cheated on? Okay, I got to break that one down for so many reasons. (laughs) I'm sweating bullets thinking of how bad my body hurts reading these. I know. It's so bad. Okay. First, record is spelled. Education, man. R-E-C-E-R-E-D. Record. Okay. Oh, God damn. There's so many other things. Like, I don't even know which ones I want to focus on to talk shit about. Because, like, I you can't speak ill of the dead. And I get that. But, like, 
everyone. Grammar is helpful. I get Spelling it. Okay. is helpful. Okay. In all situations. So this post really was a big one. Seth's saying this because this is a big trigger for the rest of the episode. He says like, okay, slut, your house is getting burned the fuck down. So he says this in a response to Amber. Now, not only does he call her a derogatory name, but he makes the comment that he's going to burn her house down. And he specifically says he hopes that she, her mom, her dad, her new boyfriend, Mike and Kyle are in the house. So now her mom, her dad, Mike and Kyle are fucking pissed. Seems a little threatening. Yeah. Yeah. And that's going to be something that's also going to follow Seth around again. He's 15. He's 15. He's 15. He's mad. He's 15. He's a child. He's 15. He's he's a child. Like, they're children. Where are your parents? Go home to your parents. Go, <laughs> go home to your parents. Like, go play video games like all I of us say, were. Go play fucking Pokemon. Jesus Christ. Okay. Then another Facebook friend chimes in. All these friends do not need to be chiming in. Like Dalton and people. But another person chimes in. And it's the name was just Justin and the last name was scribbled out. So it could have been Justin Soto, but I don't know. Okay, it could have been another Justin. So I don't know. That was a very common name. Yes. Which Justin Soto is the guy that lives with Charlie Ely and is friends with Mike Fargo. And he's 18 or 20. I can't remember which I'll say later, but I can't remember. But um, so keep that in mind. It might be that Justin. It might not. Okay. But he gets mad at Seth for name calling her um, a bitch and a slut and all these things. So Justin joins the conversation. And this is on like another post. Okay. <laughs> Justin says, hey, look, y'all, my dog don't give a fuck about that slut. But he's saying it like in quotations like, hey, don't call her that. <laughs> but that's not how that no. <laughs> works. Um, and that um, I don't like that term. Nope, so. It's the F slur word for a gay person, which is really funny because it says it doesn't say that it's derogatory no. or a bad word. Yeah. And in the court transcripts, that wasn't considered one. That's okay. that pisses me off. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Again, 2011, though. So take it for what it's worth. But and that F word, dude, Mike, she is with needs to quit being a scared little bitch and fight. <laughs> Seth says. Ooh, that's my dog, bro. What is with dogs? <laughs> Bring real dogs. I don't know. Like, I don't understand. Dogs? That was the saying back then. They're like, who let the dogs out? Yo, that's my dog, bro. Like, that's a saying. That's like no. what they say. No, they do. No. Wait, they were not saying that in yes, high school. Yes, they did. When we were in high school. Yes. No. That was a thing. Yes, huh? And they're in Florida where like. Oh, is they're in Florida. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Yeah. Never mind. Wait till you see how he spells Friday. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, I hate this. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, that's my dog, bro. Beep. It's going down Friday. If he wants it or not, Justin wants it. He says a derogatory name for Mike Bargo. And he says like, I don't know what name because if the F word is not a derogatory, I don't know what is derogatory right there. So for like a male, I'm very confused what name it could be. Mm. Um, but derogatory name for Mike Bargo is 19 and softer that a beep. Haha, ha, gonna get whopped by my bro, Seth, who's 15. Seth says, ha, this 
derogatory name for Mike Bargo is dumb. Dumb spelled D-U-M-N as hell, bro. He can't fight my beep. I bet your son can whip his beep. Amber, see, just like I said, there's multiple S's. (laughs) (laughs) Seth, stop being childish. And how the fuck did I cheat on you the whole time when I pretty much lived with you when we were together? Okay, so that's what I was talking about when I said, like, where are the parents? Mm -hmm. They're 15. And she's, like, living with him practically. Okay. Yeah. I was with you 24 fucking 7. So stop talking shit. That's all you know how to do is get drama started. And how am I a hoe? What? Because I dumped you? Because I got fed up with you throwing me... Throwing me, me. <laughs> me into walls. I was tired of you calling me a beep and you a beep every day. I go tired of you treating me like I was nothing. If I if you're so beep perfect, why don't you get over the jealousy you have and go and get yourself a new girl? You can beep hurt because I'm sure enough done. Oh, and about the cheating thing. You're the one that beep cheated on me with dot, 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 dot the whole time and didn't say anything till hmm, three fucking months, moths later. Moths. <laughs> you know, I beep care deeply about you. I stuck with you through a lot of shit. But now you want to sit here and trash talk me to people that don't know me. And the funny thing is, you know, I'm not a fucking hoe, but you continuously have something new to say about me. You new know, comment. you know who you sound like? Who? Ruth. Who's Ruth? From, uh, um, hold on. It's, it's on the tip of my tongue. Um, Ozark. Never seen it. <gasps> I feel like I'm a member of the bad girls club right now. That's Ruth. So, <laughs> wow. Um, Next one. Amber also commented as a reply to her own comment. But it's all good. (laughs) Run your mouth all you want, because I know I'm 10 times better than you. It takes a real man to accept the fact that he got broke up with. But it's obvious here that you're not being a man about the situation you're being and little kid about it and no I'm not talking shit I'm speaking the truth and you know it just as much as I do exclamation point period except instead of except jeez I don't know there's so many types like normally I'm bad at reading but this isn't actually me being bad at reading it's also just that bad yep it's so hard to read it's very bad it's very difficult to read Seth then replies Amber If you would go back and read some of the shit I wrote, I said I was done with you and you should be done with me. There are so many typos in that. And it's not it's it's such a small sentence. It was so close. Yeah. Seth replied again, just like when I wrote by you, your butcher and Mike, I didn't say nothing, but you did. So you grow the fuck up and leave me the fuck alone. Also, these are all one sentence. Like, there's no punctuations in these. That's another fun thing I'm dealing with. Seth then replied again. It's to the point where I don't like hearing your fucking name, girl. (laughs) So be with him, smoke you weed, and leave me out of it 
This is it. We both done talking shit. He replied again. We both need to just let all of this shit go. Yeah, we split. Yeah, it hurt. But I'm (laughs) over the dumb shit with me and you. I just ain't gonna let Mike have his cake and eat it too. Seth again. It don't work that way, Amber, and you know that. Amber finally replies. How are you done with it when you continuously write shit about me, talk shit about me, hate on me, fucking say shit to me? Huh? Tell me because I really want to fucking know. Exactly. You're not done with it if you keep bringing my name into shit. So learn the definition on done. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. Mm hmm. So those are just a few of them. Uh-huh. Just a few. Just just touches. Just touches on it. <laughs> are your brain cells okay? <laughs> I'm so bad at reading normally. And like yeah. now the thought of reading is just the worst feeling ever. Yeah. I never want to ever hear again that I'm bad at writing or reading. <laughs> now... Here's the thing. The amount of post comments and things these kids have and say and are arguing and stuff. It's like it's so much more than we have time for in this episode. It could be like a 25 parter. And not even just that, but like. um, God, they're fucking hard to read. <laughs> yeah, they are. And it's just um, they had no concept of a digital footprint, clearly, which like. I make jokes all the time like, oh, a digital footprint doesn't exist because Timothy Chalamet broke the fourth wall because his is the funniest of all. And so, like, I post some wild stuff, but like, I would not post any of this. No. Oh, my God. Mm -mm. Oh, my God. Mm -mm. He literally posted he wanted to burn someone's house down. Oh, my God. I think the most crazy thing I've ever posted is like that I want to kidnap Harry Styles, which is pretty out there, but not like murdering someone. I guess kidnapping's pretty bad. Wait. <laughs> Wait, that sounds bad too. Fuck. Moving on. It's okay. You'd have perfect grammar and spelling. I do have way better. Not perfect. Don't lie to them. Don't <laughs> lie. Don't. They know the truth. <laughs> I spe- I wrote Casey Anthony's name under a picture I of know. the Black Dahlia. Don't it's lie fine. to them. <laughs> fine. It's like the ongoing joke. <laughs> but... They all talk about in a lot of these comments and statuses and posts and stuff about how Mike's 18 and Seth is 15 and how Seth can kick his ass. And they talk about how messed up it is and how she cheated on him, how it's not nice, how they all use derogatory names. It's not nice. Go fuck yourselves. (laughs) But like they all one of the things that I find so funny is they're like calling Seth some names. But then the moment he like retaliates and call her names, not that I'm saying that's any better, but the moment he calls her some names, they're like, Seth. Don't call her names. And I'm like, wait, first off. Wait. <laughs> and he like calls her a cunt at one point and like a pussy and stuff. And I'm like, OK, hold on. Like, I, I'm not that I'm saying that's fine, but I'm like, she's calling him just as bad of things. Right. None of you kids should be saying any of this. No. And at one point, there is like a racist term that gets thrown around. Don't and like there's like a racist status that gets brought up. And it's just like one time and then done. But then also they use the F term that I talked about for a gay person mm-hmm. a few times. And like, it, it's wild the shit these kids are doing. Okay. And I really wished I could give credit where credit is due. But I cannot in this moment. And I am very apologetic. So I'm going to like kind of quote something. But 
I either read an article or I heard a podcast and they gave the demographic of this area and stuff and they put it all into perspective and it helped me personally like understand this case better. And so I can't remember who did that and I can't say like, oh, they did this and that's why I'm going to do this. But someone else did this. So I'm sorry, I can't give you credit, but now I'm going to do it so you understand. So this time of this case is 2011, right? And it's called Summerfield, Florida. Now, the median household income in this area is $40,000 per year. And when I looked up the average household income to survive in the U.S., a like average lower class person was roughly $50,000. So you would consider this, I feel like, a lower class area. And with it being a lower class income area, I was looking up like what are some things that like was really common back then. And one of the things was it would be a two parent household with both parents working and potentially having more than one job. Which remember how I've always said like multiple times in this case, like the parents are missing. Yeah. Now we know why the parents are probably continuously working. And that's why there's no parents anywhere in this case is because they are like always at work. Which, like, I grew up in a single parent household. And Kylie doesn't have that. You don't, right? You had a double parent. Okay. Um, Kylie doesn't have that. So we do have different, like, um, kind of, like, things here. But I did have that thing where my, because I had a single parent household, I was, my parent was never home. um, Ever. Like, I would wake up and my mom was already gone at work. I would come home from school. My parent was still at work. And then I would go to bed as a child and either my mom was still at work, just about to get home from work or already in bed and like maybe had just came home to be getting ready to go back to work the next morning. Like I could go, even though I lived in the same home as my mother, I could go days on end without seeing my own parental unit. And that was common. Like that sounds kind of weird, but it was normal. And like that was I mean, like. I don't feel like that's as common nowadays, but I know back in like the 90s and stuff and the early 2000s, I feel like it was a little bit more common. And I do think part of the reason it's less common now is because there's so much more social media, phones, things like that. And like a kid will just be like, oh, I'll just FaceTime my friend for 10 hours instead of just like being home alone or something like it just feels like you're less alone, even though you're still alone at home. Yeah. Or they'll just be like, I'll just meet you at the mall and I'll take an Uber there. That's another thing. I couldn't get anywhere as a child. Like, how the fuck am I going to get somewhere? I can't do anything. Right. Um, So I do feel like there's a little bit of a difference if that helps anyone put that into perspective. But um, in this area also, Summerfield is really, really tiny. Um, It's a community in Marion County and the population is only 25,000. Wow. Which we in our last episode, we're talking about places. And I think the place we said was like 30 to 40,000. And we were like, holy shit, that's tiny. This is even tinier. Yeah. And I was looking at a map of the dangerous, like the most dangerous zones to live in in Summerfield around that time period. And they had a color coding chart from the safest to most dangerous with 10 color coding charts. And the spot where like Charlie Ely, Amber and like Seth and them all lived was colored in the eighth darkest, dangerous, most color. Wow. So like pretty up there, potentially probably not the safest neighborhoods. Um, And like probably not as 
great of an area. And then we're also in a low income area and everything else. Um, I couldn't find the demographics of if this is like what like race this area is or like what age group this area is, um, like any of these kind of things. But I will say everyone in this case, uh, the ethnicity looks white. I do think Justin Soto might be the only person that might not be. And I will say everyone in this age group is between 15 to 20. And I will say all of them go to a public high school. No one is in like homeschool and no one is in any type of special schools or anything like that. And I did try to look it up. It did not look like there was any type of magnet schools, specialty schools, or even private schools in this town or within about 30 to 50 miles that I could find on the map around that time period. So not like a place where that kind of stuff was happening. So take that for what it's worth. However, when I Googled what was um, this area like in that time period, news stations described it very differently, right? Because they always want to make their place sound like the best place to live. Right. So the news reports said Seth's hometown was the rural Bellevue, Florida area known as the city with a small town charm, a religious community where older residents relish the quiet and the youngsters just struggle to find fun. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So, I mean, I just try to find the most I could find to, to give that all into like some some ideas for you guys. Take it with a grain of salt. You read the, well, you didn't read the post. I read them to you, sadly. Oh, God. But <laughs> I'll post as many as I can on social media. They don't fit the, like, Instagram post size very well. But, you, you know me, I'll make a wick somehow. And you guys can see them yourself and be like, holy fucking shit. Now I feel really bad for making you read those. But as a whole, you're getting an idea of how vicious these arguments get. And you are understanding now the shift and change the moment, like, this breakup occurs, right? Because we're still not even to the murder. Nope. We're not. Seth is still alive. There's still so many things. We don't know. (sighs) So it's weird because everyone's talking about how sweet these kids are in this case. And just like everyone in general. And so everyone says like this area is a poor area or an area with drugs and all this stuff. And Charlie's house is this party area and all the kids are drinking. And that's why William and Seth don't hang out. That's why Mike stays stays there. All this stuff. But then like all the news reports are like, no, none of that's true. So again, I don't know. There you guys go. I'm going to move on with the case. Now you know everything I know. Okay. You see that now that it was kind of a culmination of, yes, there was a lot of things happening that started leading up to Mike and Seth hating each other. But also it didn't help that other teenagers were jumping in on it. Like I mentioned the Dalton kid jumping in on it. But then the whole thing about Kyle Hooper jumping in on it. So Kyle Hooper was 16. And like I said, he was originally really close friends with Seth. Their friendship ended because he saw what Seth was posting about Amber and Amber is Kyle's sister. So Kyle's a really important person in this because not only did Seth openly bash his sister, but he threatened to burn the house down and Kyle would be in the house. But something even bigger happened. You remember that one line like really at the end where he's like, how does it feel to be cheated on? Yes. Yeah. So that's reference to this girl named Alyssa Masters. All right. Kyle is in love with this girl named Alyssa Masters, and he's been talking to her off and on for a while, and he really, really likes her. He has got it down bad for my girl Alyssa, right? But Alyssa has a crush on someone else. Guess who? (laughs) Seth. Okay, so when Seth and Amber broke up, Seth starts getting with Alyssa. 
Potentially it might have been to get back at Amber and Kyle, but we don't really know. So then one night, Kyle apparently like sneaks over to Alyssa's house because he wanted to know why she like wasn't acting the same and why she's been acting off. And he wanted to know why she wasn't talking to him that day. And when he gets to her house, he either stumbles in the room or like stumbles to her window or something. But he literally catches Seth and Alyssa hooking up, like straight up having sex. He catches them. Love that. So now Kyle's really fucking pissed. And he's like, "Okay, what the fuck? He texts Alyssa saying that Seth needs to die. He wants to kill Seth because of this. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. And then Kyle goes home to where he lives with Mike Bargo, who said, I got a bullet with your name on it. Just just reminding you all. Mm -hmm. Okay. Remember how I also said I just got to keep reminding you because so much is happening. William said he was going to lead up his own personal investigation. So. His last most recent thing that he was doing was he was going to start searching for Mike because the whole thing where uh, bitch face um, Amber was like, there are things you don't need to know. Right. Yeah. So he's like, I'm going to find Mike. So William thinks maybe Seth and Mike had finally fought it out and that either Mike had seen Seth recently or something. And so that's where he's going to start because he's thinking maybe Seth and Mike genuinely fought Mm -hmm. and Seth's trying to lay low now. Maybe he genuinely got hurt or something. Or he's like scared. What if Mike goes to the cops? Something, you know, he doesn't know. But he's like, you know, Mike did something clearly. So Mike Bargo's this dangerous guy. He's been known to carry a gun around. He actually leaves it at Charlie Ely's house all the time. And he has recently had a restraining order taken out on him because another like juvenile teenager took it out on him. And he's now going to be a person of interest in Seth's disappearance. But all of a sudden, like, no one can find him. William can't. Police can't. No one can find him. What a coinkadink. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't stop our good old boy, William Sam, a lot. (laughs) Of course not. So he's out. (laughs) No. He's out hunting for Mike. But while trying to find Mike, William accidentally bumps into Kyle. Oh. So he asks Kyle where Seth was. Kyle gets super nervous. And he's, like, fidgeting. And he starts stuttering. Kyle's never stuttered, really. Like, that's not a thing. What the fuck? And he just can't get a straight answer out. And William's like, okay, that's weird. Okay, so you don't know where Seth is. Do you know where Mike is? Kyle starts doing the same thing. Starts nervous, fidgeting, sweating, like stuttering. And then all of a sudden Kyle's like, I gotta go. Bye. And just like leaves. (laughs) And William's like, the fuck? Okay. Okay. So then instead of going home, William just like is driving around town on his bike trying to find Seth. And again, this is what I mean. Like there's no parents. No one notices William's out all night because parents don't exist in Florida. (laughs) Now, Seth was last seen on the night of the 17th. And we're now to the morning of Tuesday, April 19th. And we still don't have any leads. We don't even know if he's alive. And Tracy Wright, you're like, that name sounds familiar. That's Amber Wright's mom and Kyle Hooper's mom. She's the mother of them. She calls to the sheriff's department and the sheriff's like, what do you what do you need, Mrs. Wright? She says, I have information about Seth Jackson's disappearance. Oh. So they're like, "Okay, what's up? And she says, some kids were staying the night last night. And when we saw the news report. Kyle starts acting really weird and gets really nervous and stuttering and fidgeting and acting weird. Like he just was. Yeah. And she's like, and I ask him what's wrong. And Kyle just spills the beans and tells her everything. So they're like, wow, cool. That worked out great. (laughs) 
<laughs> like surprisingly. So the authorities ask for Tracy, Kyle, and Amber to all come in for questioning. Detective Rhonda Stroop, her and William need to make like a teamwork effort because they are the best of the best. Detective Rhonda Stroop comes out. She works for the Marion County Sheriff's Office, and she was in charge of the interrogations for this. She started with Kyle first, and Kyle brings Tracy, his mom, into the room. Kyle tells Detective Stroop that Seth had come to the house to talk to Amber that night. And Amber, Charlie, and Mike were all present at Charlie Ely's house. Seth then arrived, and Mike shot him. Kyle told the detective... He had nothing to do with the shooting, but Mike shot Seth until he was dead. and He like died. So Detective Stroop is like, okay, I'm now going to go question Amber. So Amber says, yes, Seth came over to Charlie's house that night, but no one knew that Mike was going to be there or that he had a gun or was going to shoot Seth. When they heard gunshots, she and Charlie were so scared. They had to lock themselves in the bathroom because they were nervous And then Mike threatened Amber and Charlie that if they told anyone about the situation, they would just be two more dead bodies. Sounds like the perfect boyfriend. Yeah, really great guy right now. So Stroop then confiscates Amber and Kyle's cell phone, gives them over to the rest of the detectives, and brings in Charlie Ely for questioning. At this point, they take Charlie Ely's phone also, and all three phones are being looked through to try to see if there's any evidence in them to link them to the crimes. They ask Charlie her story, and she tells detectives, yes, we knew Seth was coming over. Mike said he's going to scare Seth, and no one knows that he's going to kill him that night. Very Shanda Shearer, right? Yeah. Hate this. If your friends ever tell you they're going to scare someone, they're not going to. They're going to murder him. Don't trust your friends. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I feel like that wasn't good advice, but it's fine. (laughs) Better safe than sorry, right? Um, so... With this happening, by the way, in this moment, the police were like, "Okay, Charlie and Kyle's story are adding up and Amber's isn't. And that's something they're going to later notice is they're like, Amber is a master manipulator. And she is like, they want to say Mike is the ringleader, but they're also like, Amber knows her shit. So that's that's the thing. So the authorities decide to be like a little silly, if you will, just like just a A little little silly. They're like, you know, it'd be funny. Like, I doubt it'll work. It probably won't work, right, Kylie? It probably won't. But what if? What if? What if? What if? What if? We put all three of these kids in a room and we just walk out of the room. I wonder what they would do. (laughs) So they put Kyle, Charlie, and Amber in the room and they just, you know, toss the kids in the room and they're like, hey, we're going to leave. The room's not bugged. Don't worry. We're going to, we're going to go. Don't worry. You talk about what. Ever you want, we can't hear through these windows. You guys just chit chat, talk. So here's the thing the room was being recorded, right? And they just start spilling the beans. So, so Kyle and Amber start talking, and Charlie, and here's like the conversation Kyle's like, We didn't kill an innocent kid. That kid wasn't innocent. He threatened to burn my house and kill my family. He deserved it. Amber. Do you know how many people are going to fucking hate us for this? People that don't even know us are going to be looking for us if we get out of this. Kyle goes, uh, why? (laughs) Amber goes, there's a fucking 15 year old kid murdered because of us. You honestly think people want to be around that? You think people want to be around 
like the these kind of the, the thing about the people that these kind of people should be here and kyle's like yeah but it's not our fault like kyle's like so ditzy in this kind of no he's trying to not place blame on himself so the girls the girls talk back and forth with kyle and they're like i don't even like those kind of people and i'm one of them now i didn't even do anything and they keep repeating i didn't do anything and kyle's like i didn't want none of this to happen and then the girls are like, we just got stupid. We fell into Mike's trap. And the, there's some things that are like in inaudible. And they're like, ah, yeah, ah. Mm-hmm. Yep. and then at one point, Amber's like, it's like always he knows he can talk me in anything. He knows he can. How do you like, how do you do that? How do you tell somebody you love them and you'll never leave them or hurt them? And then you do this. And then on top of that, you say, if you tell anyone, I'll kill you, too. It's love. Clearly, the, the authorities are just like, ah, gotcha. So <laughs> Charlie didn't say anything. Um, Charlie does say some things too, like hers are in there, like spliced in there and stuff. With Amber's, it, yeah, okay, like, but her, yeah, all three of them are very, very spilling the beans okay. in here. So at this point, the authorities are like, we we got you guys. So Kyle, Charlie, and Amber are booked for premeditated murder. Detective Stroop comes in the room and says, "Take a deep breath." You'll have no bond. You won't be getting out. Now listen to me, everybody. Just take a deep breath. And then there's like videos of this too. And you can watch the video of them talking in the jail cell on YouTube also if you guys want to watch it. And she says, she warns them they're being sent to jail and they start crying. And Amber starts crying and she's 15, mind you. And she goes, I'll be fucking 20 by the time I get out. A girl, you're going to jail for murder. Murder you're not going for five years you're going for life right you murdered your boyfriend it's not how life works she's like but i didn't do anything (laughs) so that's literally what happened charlie again looks over at detective stroops and she goes i I really didn't do anything and detective stroop like she does that thing like a parent that's pissed off does she like holds up her hand and she goes no 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 see you did listen first of all let's get over that hump right now that We didn't do anything because everybody's complicit here. A person died. A person was murdered. Like, she's pissed. I love Mama Stroop. The teens then keep trying to blame the fact they were scared of Mike. Mike had a gun. They felt like they just had to go along with the plan. But Detective Stroop was not having it. At this point, everything Amber did, Detective Stroop keeps saying was a manipulative performance because she was thinking that she wouldn't have the blame put on herself then because she keeps trying to shift the blame to Mike by saying like, oh, you know, like he, I thought we were in love. How did he do this to me? Like even mm-hmm. the things she was saying in that room and she was using her tears and she was trying to make herself seem like a victim and stuff. And Detective Stroop was like, no. So apparently the plan for what had happened with Seth was set in motion a few days prior when Mike, Charlie and Amber and a few of the other kids were all hanging out at Charlie Ely's trailer. And Mike said, we need to kill Seth Jackson. Nobody likes him and we need to kill him. Amber claimed she thought it was a joke and that they were actually just going to scare Seth. But as the plan started to work itself out, it started to sound more and more real. The phone records came back after all this. And guess what they found out? Around 7 p.m. It was true. Amber had contacted Seth, just like William Samalot had originally said. She was also texting him about wanting him to get back together with her. And she was telling him that she was with her friend Charlie and she wanted him to come meet with them. Amber told Seth, that she wanted Seth to keep it a secret, keep it a secret that they were going to try to get back together. 
that she wanted to meet that night to talk about it and to not tell anyone that they were going to meet up. That was a big secret. That's why he didn't tell William Samalot where he was going because she specifically told him not to. And that's why no one knew where Seth was going. There were text messages that clearly show the two were planning to meet up. Some of the texts were like, Amber said, meet me at the corner of 140th Street and 58th Court near Charlie's house, question mark. Seth replied at one point, Amber, if you have me jumped, I will never give you the time of day. So if I get jumped, say goodbye, all right? Like, he he fucking knew. He knew, right? He fucking knew. He knew something was up. He just wanted her so badly, though, that he decided to believe it. That's so fucking sad. Yeah. Amber then persuaded Seth to come back to Charlie's. So Charlie, Amber, and Seth all walk back together because Seth thinks that him and Amber are really going to talk things out. What Seth didn't know that there were three other people in the house that night. Justin, Soto, Kyle, and Mike were all there. And Mike had a plan in place. Amber was going to text him when she and Seth were on the way back and when Seth had entered the house. So Justin Soto, who was 20 years old, was then going to hit 15-year-old Seth over the head with a 2 by 4 blunt wooden board. And then Kyle was going to jump Seth. Then Mike was going to shoot at him to scare him. Now, apparently, Mike would always keep his .22 caliber heritage revolver inside Charlie's home, so he was just going to whip that bad boy out. But here's where things went wrong. Amber sent the text saying, we're back, we're, we're coming in. But Justin got really nervous and he didn't do his thing. So then Kyle and Mike are waiting in the back room and shit starts going wrong. And so Mike's like, okay, apparently Justin has cold feet. Kyle, you got to go in and hit Seth over the head with the board. But then Kyle's like, yeah, no, I'm too scared to do that too. <laughs> and Kyle's too scared to do the plan. So Mike's like, hey, remember what he what Seth said about Amber? He needs to be taught a lesson. We're just going to scare him. Like, go do it. Now, things are going to get really graphic from here. Like, I'm pretty graphic, guys. So Kyle comes out of the back room. He hits Seth over the head with a piece of wood. Seth realizes he's about to get jumped and all the boys start punching, kicking and attacking him. Seth is having literally what he just said he feared. He's getting jumped. So his adrenaline gets in and like starts kicking in. He jumps up from the floor and starts to run away out of the front door, out of the house. Mike shoots Seth twice in his back, but Seth just keeps running out the front door and into the front yard. He makes it through the front yard. No one in the fucking neighborhood or anyone notices. Justin and Mike follow Seth into the yard, tackle him down. Justin and Mike have Seth on the ground, still are beating him. Mike shoots Seth in the back of the head, and Seth still is not dead. It's just a normal night in the trailer park. Yeah. So then Justin and Mike start dragging Seth's limp body back into Charlie's house to place in the bathtub. Mike orders everyone to leave Seth alive so that he can, quote, know who's killing him. He obviously knows. End quote. Then Mike goes to the bathroom and shuts the door behind him. He ordered Justin and Kyle to clean up the blood in the living room and kitchen with the girls with bleach so that they don't get caught. At the same time, Seth is slowly getting beaten to death by Mike in the bathtub, literally by like Mike's fists. And again, Seth is alive for all this. They know. Mm -hmm. Mike then breaks both of Seth's kneecaps because he's going to need to do that to fit him in the sleeping bag, he said. Mike then begins dismembering Seth's body and stuffing it into a sleeping bag. And somewhere along this, they do believe Seth Jackson may have finally succumbed to his injuries and passed away. 
hopefully before this happened, but Mike then shoots him in the face with the gun also. After he's dead, more than likely, they think, Mike shoots Seth's body several more times. They think about eight more times. Kyle Hooper then eventually walks into the bathroom and asks Mike to, quote, stop with all the shooting. You want to know why? Because he was afraid the neighbors would hear and call the police. Right. Not not because, you know, it's like the wrong thing to do because they're murdering a child. No, just because, you know, they don't want to get the police home. And like I said, the coroner ends up finding at least eight gunshot wounds just in like his body. So the teens then took the body in the sleeping bag, carried him to the backyard, drug him, actually drug his body to the backyard where they then had a bonfire that they had to burn until at least 2.30 a.m. attempting to get rid of his remains. However, they were unsuccessful. So his charred remains were then placed into three paint buckets with lids. On the morning of April 18th, 2011, they dropped the paint buckets into a nearby rock quarry in Ocala, Florida, and the paint buckets also had cinder blocks in them and were tied off with some cables. They were dropped by Mike Bargo, Justin Soto, and James Haven, which was Mike's, uh, nope, not sorry, not Mike's, uh, Kyle's former stepfather. Wow. So James admitted to helping his stepsons, uh, oh wait, maybe it is, shit, I fucked up. I'm sorry. I think it is Mike's stepfather. I'm so sorry. James is 37 years old and he admitted to helping his stepson dispose of the buckets, but claimed he didn't know what was in them. But later they find out that's not true and he knew of the plot to kill um, Seth. So he fucks himself over. Now, I also said how they couldn't find Mike at first. Yeah, the reason why is because he had ran away. Right. He ran away to Stark, Florida, which is a few hours away. James helped him do that. But they found him within a day because Mike had started bragging to literally everyone he encountered about murdering someone. He bragged to four separate people about this. Literally anyone he came across, he would just start talking about murdering Seth. That's not. No. Yeah. So he was located and then he was charged with first degree murder. But the thing is, is Mike would tell varying stories of like what happened. Sometimes he would be like, yeah, I got into a fight and killed a kid because I had to burn his body and stuff like that. Uh, One time I got into a fight and I killed the kid because the kid raped my sister. Another time it was like this kid raped my girlfriend. Another time, like this kid was just bad news. Like if you read the court transcripts, there's so many different versions of why he killed someone. There's also this story about how he had to destroy the cell phones, all these different rape allegations. There's so many different stories that Mike tells, okay? While he's like on the lam. Instantly, though, he gets taken into custody. And once he's in jail, he tells two more people about what he did. (laughs) In jail. Yes! (laughs) With search warrants and hands, the investigators then go to Charlie Ely's and they find the murder weapon. They find the ammunition that were both concealed in Charlie's home, um, Charlie's trailer. And they also find the burnt human remains in the fire pit. They take these and they send them in for testing. They then go to the Ocala quarry. They find a five-gallon bucket with a plastic bag that was floating in the water. It had not sank. Right. Then the diving team found two more buckets that did sink because they were weighed down so heavily with cinder blocks. Those were sent in. DNA analysis of the remains that were found at the quarry and the fire pit Both led to the conclusion that they came from the same person. So then that was tested 
against it being someone from Sonia and Scott's family. And it was confirmed that the remains belonged to someone that could have been potentially a 100% match of a biological son from Sonia and Scott. So ultimately, the testing confirms that both sets of bone fragments from the fire pit and the quarry would have belonged to Seth Jackson. If that's not enough evidence that's damning, the cleanup job is. Oh my God. (laughs) Crime scene investigators found blood. The amount of blood that is found is a page and a half on the court transcripts. Wow. They found blood evidence on the bathroom floor, the kitchen floor, the living room floor, the bathroom wall, the kitchen ceiling, all of Charlie's home. That's just some of it. Charlie's DNA was found in blood mixtures in the bathroom. Kyle's DNA was found in blood mixtures in the living room that also had Seth's blood in it. Furthermore, Michael's DNA was located in blood on the kitchen ceiling. And there was just so much more. There was also a pressure washer that was used that they found some of the like evidence on and in. Then there was clothing evidence that had like blood evidence on it and fingerprints and stuff like that. There was shoe impressions at the quarry that matched up that had blood evidence. There was shoe impressions in the yard. There were also drag marks of the sleeping bag and the body being drugged into the home and throughout the house into the yard, uh, into the bathroom. Wow. Mm-hmm. They did great. They did super well. They're masterminds here. Yeah. But police were aware that Mike was the ultimate mastermind here at this point. And with all the stories of him telling people of what he was doing, he just started digging himself deeper and deeper at this point. So one of the stories Mike told was that after burning the body, he was afraid he would get caught because he noticed the teeth were in the skull. So he had to go inside and find some pliers and he had to pull Seth's teeth out one at a time. And that got put into the court transcripts. So. This dude is 18. Mm-hmm. That's insane. To a 15 year old. Right. In June 2012, Amber, Charlie, and Kyle, and Justin were all convicted of first-degree murder, sentenced to life in prison and um, without parole after having separate trials. Mike Bargo's trial will definitely be the most interesting, though, to talk about. Mike testified on his own defense. Oh. And he was the only one that was facing the death penalty, unlike anyone else. So Mike tried to point the blame at everyone but himself during his trial. Of course. Would not have thought any other way. Yeah. No, he denied even participating in the murder. Okay. He said, okay, after like he was like caught and everything, he's like, actually, you're right. I did help dispose of Cesar Rain, but I wasn't even there for the murder. Like I wasn't even in the house. So he said he arrived at Charlie's and Seth was already dead. What actually happened was Mike's gone. Ha- gone. <laughs> no. I did so good for so much of this episode. Ooh. Mike's gun had gone missing earlier that day. Him and Kyle had gotten into a fight and he thinks that Kyle stole the gun and Kyle was going to use it on Seth. So Mike said when he arrived home, Amber was crying and the others were already cleaning up the blood with some bleach. Kyle was tending to a bonfire out back and then he told him about a story about how he murdered Seth. So then Mike told, uh, Kyle told a story to Mike about how Seth and Kyle got into some fist fight and then Kyle pulled the gun on him and he just like shot Seth dead and oops, Seth's dead, but he didn't know what to do and he asked Mike for help. And so Mike helped get rid of the body, but Mike had nothing to do with the murder. No, no. Yeah. What a good guy, right? Just helping his pal Kyle. Right. So the jury deliberated for only three hours and then decided that Mike's story sounded like pure horseshit. 
And Mike Fargo was charged with first degree murder and he became the youngest prisoner on Florida's death row at only 19 years old. Wow. He's not the youngest in the U.S., though. I don't remember the guy who was the youngest, but I know he was only 14 years old. Insane. It was way back in the day. In 2016, Amber appeared for a retrial, but she ended up getting the same verdict. In 2018, James Haven pleaded guilty to accessory of helping dispose of the human remains, and he did receive a 10-year sentence. In 2019, the Florida Supreme Court had to start resentencings, and one of them they did was Mike Vargo because... So there was this, like, rule that got passed, and one of them was, like, something about unanimous votings, essentially. So when Mike got put on death row, he didn't have a unanimous vote because it was a 2 to 10 or a 10 to 2. I can't remember which. So they were like, hey, we have to address that because technically that's not fair. So at this new trial, the prosecution called up the old crime case, right? And they said the crime was cold, calculated, and premeditated. And they asked the jury to please keep the death penalty. But the defense went through Mike's history of family problems, his mental illnesses, and everything he's went through in his life. But Mike's attorney said all those factors do play a role in his decision making, and those need to be noted. The jury was like, okay, yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, that's fine. Um, and he's like, okay, so since you're willing to listen to me, will you also please just give him life in prison without the possibility of parole? Because you guys are so nice. And they're like, oh, yeah, great. Uh, no. Second time in 2021, this man was sentenced to death row again. <laughs> nice. This man is not going to get out of it. No. He still hasn't been sentenced to death. Like, it's still not a thing because, you know, it takes for fucking ever. But in 2021, he was sentenced. And pretty much they think there is like a 0.00001% chance this man can find any loopholes to get out of it. Now, side note. Oh. Charlie Ely's not in prison anymore. Oh. In 2020, Charlie Ely was released. So she was released. She's the only one. She was released because a federal judge agreed that her counsel at her trial had been ineffective the first time around. Oh. Due to this ruling, she was um, eligible for a new trial. And when she entered a plea to a lesser charge of a second degree murder and like she helped out, she did all these things, right? She was sentenced to instead 10 year prison term. And since she had accrued credit for time served already in jail and in prison, she essentially was just like told she's free to go. At that time, she hired a new attorney and Charlie's attorney was Jose Baez. And we all know who Jose Baez is, except for Kylie. So I had to tell her <laughs> Jose Baez is Casey Anthony's attorney. Mm -hmm. It all comes full circle. Mm -hmm. Now, Baez said her conviction could have been avoided if she would have had a competent attorney the first time around. Well, okay. Jose okay. Baez. Since then, she got married and she's laid low in life, which is obvious for obvious reasons. Right. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So um, that's the Seth Jackson and the Summerfield Six case. I know it's a lengthy one, but there it is. And if you genuinely were so intrigued by the concept of a social media based case, there is one more. I'm not doing it right now. So put that out of your little thought process. Maybe in like a few months we'll do it. But if you really want to like dig into it yourself right now. It's the murder of Skylar Niece. It was one that was broadcast all over Twitter. Um, Skylar is S-K-Y-L-A-R. And the niece is N-E-E-S-E. Skylar Niece. You can find it if you Google it and you can hear. I know a lot of people have covered that case. Obviously, my all-time recommendation always is true crime, guys. I think um, 
Killer Queens probably has done it. I think Morbidology has done it. Probably Eye for an Eye has done it. Oh my gosh, True Crime Garage probably done it. There's probably a bajillions that's done it. You can find one. Uh, but that's another one that's a very like, oh my gosh, social media based one. There's a, there's a bunch. I mean, obviously there's things that are in that same realm too. The Slender Man murders, things like that, where they're very like internet themed. Broadcasted. Yeah, but Seth Jackson and Skylar Niece are two of the ones that people are very like, always like, oh my God, they're the internet murders. Because you can see it unfold on the internet. And that's such a... Uh, I, I just want to talk about the case now for a minute. That's such a wild thing is to see how murders have changed over the years is to see them unfold nowadays through socials. It's such a wild concept. Like, because seeing all those comments and all those posts and everything, that could have also led cops so quickly into knowing if William Samalot hadn't helped, let's say. I think police would have came to this conclusion just as fast just by looking at one simple thing. They would have gotten those phone records back and they would have been like, oh, she call or he calls Amber Wright and uh, this guy Dalton and William and Kyle every fucking 23 seconds. OK, well, let's just look into those. If you Google those names, you're going to instantly see they write on each other's Facebook wall and you're going to see him threatening to burn his house down because he called him an F-A-G-G-O-T. And oh, my God, look, now all of a sudden we have a motive. Yep. It's really scary how the Internet is good and terrible. Very terrible. It Very is good. a blessing and a curse for sure. I love the internet because I love shopping online. Hate going out. <laughs> Hate the internet because it's a terrifying place. So goddamn terrifying. For I was talking reasons. about that the other day. Like, what did we do before COVID when we just weren't supposed to go out? And like, we went out and conversed with people. Yeah. I, I was one of those people where COVID has done a number on my life in the sense of, I was the type of person where I would wait every single week and I would do all my shopping at midnight on like a random Thursday at a Walmart. I'd be like, this is my time to shine. Or like I'd go to a Meyer at like 2 a.m. because it was 24 hours, you know? Yeah, I've, I've done that ever since high school. I would just wait until something is the middle of the night and I would do all my shopping. It was so nice and relaxing. And then when everything became not 24 hours, I was like, oh, my God, I'm never going to be able to shop again. So now I just do everything online <laughs> or with Marty. You just order everything. Isn't that it's crazy? Wild. It's just so wild how things and, and you can get it the same day. It's funny, though, because I talk about that, like how things have changed too, like with my younger nieces or something. And I'm like, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. And I'll say something like that. And it's not even just a whole like, oh, yeah, like a VHS. And they're like, what the fuck's a VHS? Something as simple as that where I'm like, oh, yeah. And I remember in high school when I went to Walmart at midnight and she's like, what? Why was Walmart open at midnight? And I'm like, it was always open at midnight. It was open right. 24-7. And she's like, what? What need would you have to go to a Walmart at midnight? And I was you like, don't, I was but like, it's well, fun. <laughs> okay, first off, you didn't. But second off, the internet wasn't as relevant. We didn't have Amazon Prime back then as much. Like 10 years ago, Amazon Prime was not really a thing, you guys. And I was just like talking about the weather. And I had to, ex- I had to tell her, I remember when Redbox got sent to your fucking mailbox oh my god yes and she's like what what do you mean and i was like you had to go on a website and click what movies and you had to pick three of them and they would randomly send you one of those three and you had to hope it was the one you actually wanted (laughs) that's true too i was like yeah it was way different and she's like what and i was like yeah and like when you wanted to go to the movies you had two options was it still Redbox or was it another name there's another name well there was Redbox and another one there was two of them but yes 
But and I was like, and they they did blockbuster movie too. Oh, like yeah. That. But and then I was like, I remember when you wanted to go to the movies, you had to either look it up in the newspaper. That was like a thing. Or you had to call and sit through all the fucking show times on the phone. Yep. Or drive past the movie theater and you had to make your mom go and drive you, which was even worse. And I was like, yeah, it was very difficult. And I was like, there was no way to sneak around getting into an R-rated movie. Like nowadays you could maybe buy a ticket online and just have someone like your parents buy it online and the credit card shows they're over 17 so you can sneak in. But I was like, you could not do that back in the day because you had to walk up to a counter and hand a human your ticket and be and be like, I want to buy a ticket to, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street 3. And they would be like, uh, you're 13 and a quarter and you have to be 15 to see this. And I'd be like, please. Legacy box? That's not a thing. I, I don't remember that. that. But yeah, it's so weird watching how these things have sculpted even something so normal as. Well, no, wait, that sentence didn't come out how I wanted, but. I'm going to go with it, but you guys know I'm not talking correctly. Something as simple as like murder. A murder is just like a thing. A person walks into your house and murders you. That should be like the end of it. And that's the situation. But now that person walks in your house, murders you, and they then post a status that's by you on your social media. And because of that, someone thinks you're alive and doing well, and they're not going to call wellness check on you because they think you're alive and doing well. Something as weird or crazy as that, or they're going to live stream your death or something like Kylie, I don't know what you do and don't know sometimes. Do you remember that girl that was like Instagram? I, oh, my God. This still traumatizes me because I remember watching it happen. Where she you, fell off the bit, the building. What? You're talking about the person that was live streaming. She fell off the building. Fuck no. I'm about to talk about the girl that was in the car and she was live streaming and they get in the car accident and her sister dies and she doesn't know it. And she she was like disoriented. And so she thought her sister was just like out of it. And so she starts shaking her sister's dead body. And she's like, wake up, wake up. What's wrong with you? No, and it's like on live. And everyone's like, she's dead. Stop touching her body. What was the other one that we covered that was about a live stream? Or it was recorded or something. Uh, I can like we see. what. That? Yeah, we covered a live stream death. Oh, it was like recorded and you can hear it in the. You can hear it in the recordings. What? Really? Yeah. We did? Yeah. Hmm. I genuinely have zero idea what you were talking about. I don't remember. It was fairly early on. The closest thing I can think of is Riley Goodrich. We were talking about the TikTok star. Nope. That passed away. They were like at a party. And I think the girl was raped. Uh This isn't it, but I'm going to ask you another one. Brittany Drexel, the girl that was caught on all the cameras walking out. She was at the party with her friend. Oh, my God. Are you talking about Kaneka Jenkins? Yes. (laughs) Okay. The girl that was found in the freezer. Okay. That's not what I was thinking you were talking about at all. Kaneka Jenkins. Yeah, because it happens, like, the party happens, and then she yes. ends up, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It's so weird how those things have shifted now to make, like, Well, and then there's, like, different. the Tinder killers and things like that, where, like, that's not a, th- that wasn't a thing 10 years ago either. Or even something like how people, like, 
you know the movie Spree and now it's based partially off real events like the the Uber killer mm-hmm. or things like that. Yeah, that wouldn't have happened Creepy 20 years ago. Fuck. Like, I guess that did happen. There was a taxi killer, but that's different. Yeah. But still, just don't get in cars. Don't have social media. Don't talk to me. It's weird. It's it weird. is. It's very weird. So how do you feel about this case? I was scared the first time I took an Uber by myself. Oh, sorry. I was I on the phone the whole time. Um. Have you ever taken an Uber by yourself? What? I was in Chicago, too. I lived in Chicago. I've taken an Uber three three million times. I don't think I was ever scared. I think mm, I think I just said, fuck it. If I die, this is how I die. I don't think I was ever scared. I do a lot of risky shit. If that's how I die, that's that's it. Let's be real. You'd be famous. I have done some very shady things that yes. probably should have made me dead. Yeah. I literally would be drunk leaving a bar in Chicago and be like, is that my Uber? It kind of looks like it. I'll just get into it and hope it is. Oh my and just get God. Home. Stop it. Like I was You're a, so lucky that you got home. Yeah, I was a scandalous uh 20 year old. I do not know how 20? I survived it. You were 20 and drunk in Chicago? Yeah, I lived in Chicago in my 20s. Why? You were 20 leaving Not a bar? 20 in my 20s, I said. <laughs> oh. I kept saying in my 20s. <laughs> I, didn't, I missed that. Sorry. <laughs> Jesus Christ. In my 20s. Yeah. I never had gone into a bar until I was 21. I never drank till I was 21. I was yeah. a good kid. Well, me either. Um, but no, yeah. I, I mean, uh, yeah. I don't think I was ever scared. I mean, I think the scariest thing I've done like that was like, I rode the red line past 11 p.m. alone at night. That was fucking terrifying. And you know what? For good reason. I watched a person get stabbed. The yeah. one time I ever rode that train and I fucking watched a person get stabbed. And then they had to shut the train down. And I didn't get where I was going on time. It was very inconvenient. <laughs> I'm sorry. The stabbing was inconvenient I was for on, you. I was, I was on my way to something very important. I was on my way to an engagement party yeah. and I missed it. Yep. I was very excited. Nope. And I didn't get to go to it. Not go. I mean, everything happens for a reason. And I mean, I witnessed some other shit. I watched a drug deal happen where someone traded a Ventra card for some drugs. That didn't make me nervous. I was like, that's brilliant, actually. Yeah, it is actually it. brilliant. That is so smart, <laughs> Chicago. I saw some weird shit in that city, but definitely the worst one was, uh, yeah. Oh, people, and people I witnessed that murder. Miles. I forgot about that. Oh, I witnessed yeah. the murder, remember? Maybe we huh. should cover that. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if I'm weird things about about Athena, but yeah, Um, yeah, huh? Yeah, how do you feel about this case? Uh, (laughs) I don't even know. I don't even know where to begin because, like, I have feelings. I have very, very, very strong feelings about education in general, and so, like, this whole situation on how everything was broadcasted is very difficult for me because. Like, they were in school, obviously. They're, like, 15. They're, 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 they are two years away from graduating high school with a high school diploma and being citizens of this world. Like, that's insane to me. And, okay, I, I wanted to try to stand up for that. I really did. Because I was like, okay, well, wait a minute. When we were seeing kids, not, not we, I mean, like, the whole of seeing kids. There were some fads as seeing kids that I know, like, for example, oh, like I know, how you were talking. Yeah. Like sometimes they would spell U Y E W on purpose or like, 
I remember some people wrote when they wanted to say fucking like they would write it funny different ways. They'd be like F-A-C-K-I-N-G and say facking or they yeah. would just like do things. I still to this day when I type unless I am genuinely fighting with you, I do not often type the word fucking because I think it's too aggressive in a text. I have autocorrect on my phone. It will type F-X-I-N-G. Mm. <laughs> because it's just it's an aggressive word but i'm excited and i want you to know that so if i'm like i want to say like i got the fucking tickets for like a concert it'll just say i f x i n g the tickets it's like a thing whatever right so you know i'm excited but i don't need to be cursing up, up a storm um with that being the case i know there were some fads but this is also facebook and i feel like we've all as a society agreed that um myspace was unhinged absolutely it was like emo dreamland yes um, Twitter is unhinged, like suicidally thoughts slash like horny thoughts slash like things you should not say out loud in front of your parents because you'll get bonked on the head thoughts. Don't forget of Tumblr. I was going to say Tumblr is <laughs> all that put into pictures. Right. <laughs> um, but Facebook is family friendly for the most part. The worst people on Facebook are actually like your grandparents. Who are sharing their like political views. Yes. (laughs) And the most racy things you see on Facebook are the political views and or your aunt Karen and your niece Shara fighting (laughs) about the fucking dessert recipe at holiday. Like that's what you see. Or you see some drama because Aunt Deborah. Um, and her husband changed their Facebook status to it's complicated because you knew Uncle Charles has cheated on her four times with that blonde bimbo down the street. But they don't they don't say it. They just instead change it to it's complicated. Right. That's that's Facebook's drama. What these kids were doing is not Facebook appropriate. No. And I think that's and I that sounds weird. But like I've asked so many people when I was even writing this case, I was like, would you ever talk like this on Facebook? And so many people, so many people I asked were like, you know, I would have on like MySpace, maybe even Twitter, like definitely would have been the Tumblr DMs. Oh, it definitely like, would have been a, a full thread on Twitter. Yeah. And they were like, but uh, Facebook? No, 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 I don't know. Isn't that funny? I don't think I would ever do that. And I was like, right. OK, cool. I just wanted to make sure that we all know, like Facebook is a weird, sacred place where your aunt Deborah has a Facebook. So you can't yes. say like F-A-G-G-O-T on that that platform because that's fucking weird yeah you don't but you do also that. would think like i don't care how much you're working there is some blame here on the on the parents like i don't care how much you're working like nothing you didn't see any of this in the in the span yeah. of what basically a month bullshit like i don't i i have feelings about that too because like i don't know i i just in in that time like and we were roughly the same age at the same time and like my parents would have noticed that type of shit like that's insane i am a little surprised that william samalot didn't also like i guess you don't want to tattle on your friends but like why didn't william samalot show his parents any of this maybe but again you don't also want to be the type to tattle on your friends and like get your friend in trouble but why didn't William be like, hey, no, bro, I would have showed I, it to the police immediately. I'd I mean, been like, like here's bro, my phone. Here you go. Like, I look really at it. don't think what you're posting is chill. Like, yeah, William seemed so level headed. It's kind of silly to me that him and Seth didn't discuss this somehow. That's yeah. Well, they probably did. It's just all of it. It's just wild because it's probably like 
very much like this back and forth for yeah for because days. he's in love and right. i get it it was the back and forth for days online and then he's like nah bro just like come hang out with me and some of my other friends like we're not we're not we're just gonna like chill and play video games we're not gonna think about her we're not gonna think about it we're just gonna play video games and then she fucking calls him which is so shitty even if Okay, if she wanted to move on, why didn't she just move on? Go be with Mike Bargo at this point. Right. Like, fuck off. Yeah. Fuck all the way off. All the way off. You need to see Ozark, though. Literally <laughs> Ruth vibes, <laughs> for sure. Okay. Um, I put up the February schedule, and I put that this is the first one. It, I am right. The next episode is the Dark Fay Folk episode. And we're doing like a Fay Folk type episode. Mm-hmm. And then the one after that was the episode that was supposed to be this week. But now it's not this week because this is this week and that's not this week. So that's the next time week. And <laughs> nope, you got it. Yeah, sure. And it's going to be the Lauren <laughs> episode. But then the week after that, I put it up if anyone wants to request an episode really bad. If not, I did want to do another social media based one. Mm-hmm. but. It's, I think, again, I don't know how you don't know this if you don't know it, because everyone knows these cases. I don't. I was going to do the Zola case, though, and just discuss it. Do you not know the Zola case? It's not a murder. It's not anything, so. actually. Zola, the two strippers in Florida. Nope. The the Twitter story. Nope. It's so fucking famous, and there's a movie about it, and now the movie's available to stream. So I was like, oh, this is a perfect time because then everyone can just go watch the movie. And I recently found something out about the movie. So uh, you just do your own little ditty. I also love how this whole time while you were like reading badly that your Southern came out. No, it didn't. It it did, though. No, thank you. It, it did, though. It but then we were talking about later how our, our feelings feel. And then you you came back to normality but the whole time it was southern i think it's because they're in florida i decided they should all be southern (laughs) it made sense in my head i don't know so the zola movie though don't watch this if you guys are going to listen to the episode because i think i'm going to do it at the end of the month but well maybe we shouldn't say wait until the end of the movie but end of the end of the month but the main girl that plays the girl in zola is riley keogh And I was staring at this girl in the movie. And apparently she's in Mad Max. First off, she's in Mad Max Fury Road. She's also she's the girl that plays Daisy Jones in Daisy Jones and the Six. Okay, but I was like staring at her and she's in a few other things. Okay, she's Sandy and the Devil all the time. She's in fucking Elvis. She's in Riverdale. Um, Love Riverdale. What did you just say? I thought she was an Elvis. She's not an Elvis. She's You're dating Elvis. No, she's not. You're about to ruin what I'm just about to say. Okay, sorry. And I was staring at her and I was like, her face looks so familiar. And I cannot figure it out. Why does she look so familiar? Why does she look so familiar? Um, and um, because she's Elvis Presley's granddaughter. Oh, <laughs> That's why she's that's funny. She's Priscilla's granddaughter and stuff. And so what happened was I saw a photo of her and the cast of Priscilla standing around. And I was just like, wait, what? That's a weird combination. And then I saw Priscilla kissing her on the cheek. 
and like hugging the girl that plays Priscilla and Jacob Lordy. And I was like, wait, this is getting weirder. And then I started digging and I was like, no fucking shit. She looks familiar. She looks like a younger Priscilla. <laughs> like, yeah. So that's where it all and came And she supports circle. Austin Butler playing her grandfather. Mm-hmm. I love that. She did not s- support Jacob Lordy playing it, though. She said he did not do the role very much. No, Good. no. I haven't seen Priscilla. I really, really, really want to. I haven't seen it either. I also haven't seen Elvis, but I love Austin Butler. I will say Austin Butler did great as Elvis, but I don't think the girl that played Priscilla and Elvis is very good. But I've heard the girl that plays Priscilla and Priscilla is good. But then I heard Jacob Lordy played badly as Elvis and Priscilla. That so, sounds about right. So that's really funny. Um, I know the controversy of Elvis and Priscilla. Obviously, we are all aware of all that kind of stuff. But um, I have my own personal thing with Elvis. My grandma. Um, as a side note, this is like a little little thing for me. Um, I know I shouldn't love Elvis, but I genuinely love Elvis music. It is one of the things that if I hear it, I'll start tapping my foot and it will instantly make me start smiling and almost make me sometimes just genuinely want to cry happy tears. I love, 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 love listening to Elvis for one sole reason. Um, my grandma had dementia and it had already hit before I was in the picture really. And she became nonverbal around the time I started learning to speak. So I never once got to communicate with my grandmother And the only thing my grandma knew how to do was sing. However, the only thing she could know the words to was Elvis Presley music. Oh, the only thing in the whole world. She could not sing you happy birthday. That's some notebook shit right there. She could not sing you fucking a single. She couldn't even sing you the ABCs. But growing up, she loved Elvis Presley when she was a little girl. And somehow that's like the one thing that's still linked in her brain. So... She would fucking see that little man and she'd get so goddamn excited because it's the only memory she had. She wouldn't even see her own daughter. She wouldn't even see my mom and get excited, but she'd see Elvis Presley and she'd act like it was her fucking child. She was so excited. So for every single like birthday, she didn't know what her own birthday was, but she'd just be like, oh my God, someone brought me a a gift. She obviously wouldn't talk, but like we'd get her an Elvis calendar and she didn't know what dates were, but she'd just be like every so often she'd be like, oh my God, it's a new picture of him. And you know, every time we flipped the month, she didn't know why, but she'd be like, it's a new picture. And she'd stare at it for an hour. So dissecting this new picture of her man on her wall, she had like an Elvis thing. And so she had so much Elvis stuff. And like in her nursing home, they were always like, oh, we don't like to play music or whatever but they allowed her to play her elvis every day in her room so she had sing along yeah so that's my whole thing okay Aww. yeah that's the end of the episode that had nothing to do with seth jackson but there you go that was really cute and it makes me really emotional when i talk about it and i'm, I'm getting sure. really warm over here because uh-huh. i'm trying not to cry i'm getting really warm <laughs> holding in my feelings now um <laughs> i'm getting really warm I made my mom go see Elvis with me and Margie went with us. And you know how it's three hours long. My mom and I cried multiple times because we were thinking about my grandma, obviously. Right. And we were like holding hands and crying. And Margie's like, oh, this is a cool movie. And we're like, oh, (laughs) poor Margie. And Margie's just like, yep. Okay. <laughs> We're this is a, this is a, hey guys, this is a good movie. Yeah, she's like, oh, that's Bob. Okay, cool. That one's that one's kinda of cool. Oh, that hound dogs. I forgot he wrote that one. And we're just bawling our eyes out. Oh. So. Well, this was fun. This was real. It was a real fun time. No, it wasn't. Only this ending was, but the rest of it kind of sucked. I hated reading all that stuff. I'll post as much as I can on the Instagram for these. And I'm 
There's like too many for me to post all these posts because also like you guys know how Facebook works. Like each of those were separate comments. So I'll post some, you guys can see them. Maybe I'll try and post the video of them talking in the jail cell if I can Oh get yeah, it. that would be good. That would be a good one. Um, if not, everything's available online. You can look up literally everything from this case. It's broadcast on the internet. So thank you guys. Uh, thank you for our person that requested this, Kylie, for requesting it. You started it. Yeah, but you requested no, it. No, you started Just it. Just let yourself have this win, bitch. Take the take the W. Okay. Jesus. Thank it, I didn't end up crying in the episode, so just take the good. That, that is a win, yeah. <laughs> so thank you once again to everyone that listens to this case. Feel free to tell us how you think and feel about it and what you want to hear next time. Thank you for joining us after dark. We can't wait to chat with you next week for another new episode. Sleep tight. listener did you have some feedback about this week's case or maybe you want to chat with us maybe you even have a suggestion you'd like to throw our way we're always just a click away you can easily find all of our socials on linktree through cryptic soup pod which is available in our instagram bio you can also join the csp discord where we would love to chat with you thank you for joining us this week and make sure to check out our sources available in the description if you want to dive deeper into this case Don't forget to show your support and love for CSP by leaving a review and rating wherever you normally listen. Next week, we will be back with a new episode where you can join in on the conversation after dark. Cryptic Soup Pod is a podcast that contains sensitive material at times. We understand that sometimes the subjects are too much for some of the listeners. We thank each and every one of you for being a member of the community and always supporting us. Thank you for everything, and we'll see you next time. So stay tuned. Some of your little toys. Oh, your little toys. Oh, this is the one that I told you guys about. Kylie's gonna love this episode. I'm excited for this one. You're gonna hate it, Kylie. I'm excited. Did you tell Kylie about it? Too? Nope. She doesn't is, know is this the one thing. You told me about. Yep. She doesn't. It's a social media thing. one, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Yeah. This is the one we talked about at dinner. Yep. Yep. And I kept you distracted yep. so you wouldn't have a panic attack while I was freaking out about being late to the movie. <laughs> and I was pretending like it wasn't a big deal. That's true friendship when he's like, my anxiety sucks, but I'm going to just mask it so that. Oh, and I lost my lip gloss that night at the fucking place. At the, the theater? No, at the, remember when I was trying to show you all three options? When I went to put them in my purse, I oh, must have fell. dropped my favorite one. And I lost it. And it's $18. It lasts for fucking ever. It's an ointment. It's not just a lip gloss. So oh, like it, the Aquaphor one? No, it's that pink one that's strawberry. It's called like ointment 101. Oh, which one did I use? Because it was really goopy and greasy. The Sephora one. But this one's the ultimate one and it lasts for fucking ever because it's so thick. Because you can also put it on like not just your lips, like if you have like a sore or like your elbows or your anything. It's an actual ointment. You talking about paper? Hi. Oh, God. So fucking close to my face. Is this where you want it? Okay. They definitely were. I don't know. I don't know. Welcome to Crypt. Sure.
Welcome to Cryptic Soup. Tonight's case we have discussed recently, and now we are going to cover it. Seth okay. Jackson with his only. I'm not saying that, by the way. Okay, you're check your Tonight's case we have discussed recently, and now we are going to cover it. <laughs> That's great. Hate spelled so well. Oh, where's my fidget toy? Where am I? Oh, there it is. Where are you left? Psychopath. You are a psychopath. Boop. I mean, we're done right now. Okay, bye. Make good life choices. I had a lot of donut today. Please remember to put the frozen food away. Why did he shuffle like a little I don't know. man into the room? Please remember. Corey, what are you going to remember when you get out of this room? Okay. Go do Corey. it. D and I don't think I was on D and D last week. Hmm. People don't love me, I guess. <laughs> really cold today. <clears throat> All right. This definitely moved down again. That doesn't make sense, though, that last sentence. The circulated case part. But they were overwhelmed with the stories and rumors that circulated the case about the reasons. <laughs> about the reasonings of why is what it had said. Okay, that makes more sense. What? Those are the, that's the same thing. But they were overwhelmed with the stories and rumors that circulated the case about the reasonings. Why their son's life ended far too soon. About the reasons. That's literally the same thing. <laughs> the sentence doesn't make sense. So either way, even the little line tells you so. What line? The little line that said it doesn't make there's sense. There's no There's no line. I fixed it. Word said this sentence is too wordy. It is too wordy. Well, I didn't word it that way. You reworded you my words. No, it was originally too wordy. It's so that's why I did worded. reasons. Because it could, it could say we're overwhelmed with the stories and rumors that circulated, causing their son's life ending to end far too soon. Okay, do that. <laughs> you do what you do in your heart. <laughs> my heart. <laughs> Oh my god, you're typing, and so every time <laughs> I push the button, it goes to the same spot. We could just leave it off at beginning. Stop. No, I'm being serious. It makes more sense. Hold on. Oh, at 15 years old, he... Because you could say something more like, but that was only the beginning. They needed to know why, or they needed to know who did this. That's what we should do instead. Okay, I see. Oh! <laughs> we're good we're good it, that was it okay would you rather it say i just want to end at beginning okay um hold on <clears throat> they wanted no answers one ever wants to bury their child but for the jacksons that was only the beginning they needed closure they needed do you want closure answers or to know why these circumstances occurred. Like they just needed the answers. Okay. Look, less words. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't say that. I said the 
answers. Well, they just need some. No, they needed all of it. They had some of them. (laughs) Okay, so they needed the answers to the others. (laughs) I don't need them all. Tonight's going to be a long night. Okay. 